Hi, everyone. You can hear me? All right. <laughs> My name is Marcos Thiago. I'm from Brazil. <laughs> and um, I'm married to Glaucia, that beautiful girl over there. I know what you're thinking. He married up. That's true. <laughs> Sara, Luisa are our daughters. Daniel is upstairs. He's eight. And uh, he's on the kids program. That's amazing. And um, yes, as Andrew uh, shared, uh, uh, I know Andrew for quite a while. I know what you're thinking. Poor guy. Yes, that's true. <laughs> no. But uh, uh, the reason we actually came to Canada, not the reason, but, uh, but one of the channels that God actually brought us to Canada was uh, because of Andrew. Uh, and uh, in 2010, I was invited to come and replace him for a youth, youth pastor as a youth pastor in his church. So I didn't know how to speak English very well at the time, and I came. Horrible, horrible uh, experience. Uh, the, 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 the youth uh, ate me alive. But they taught me a little bit more about English and how to speak English. It, it was awesome. Made a lot of mistakes, and uh, wow, it was, it was terrible. But anyways... He came back from Australia, and we, we actually worked together. It was amazing, and Andrew has been a blessing in my life, in the life of my family, and um, a, a great friend. And he told me that you guys were actually talking about prayer, and, uh, and it, it is a passion of ours, I think, um, uh, Glaucia, and I, Glaucia, my wife, and I, we, um, we are called to be intercessors uh, in this land. We, in 2019, uh, we started uh, a, a house of prayer here in this region. And uh, we started to um, uh, uh, foment or, or build up uh, prayer meetings around this region. And uh, this is what we are doing ever since, and, and it's a great privilege, a great blessing. But it's tough work. It is really hard work. And uh, we would love to share a little bit about that. Uh, so bear with me for the next uh, two and a half hours. We are going <laughs> to... <no. laughs> He gave me 30 minutes. I said, wow, but there's so much to say about prayer. So much to talk about it. And you know what? I think we don't talk about it enough. And we should. Because it's so hard, actually, to, to grow in prayer alone. Not talking to anybody about it. And the experience that Glaus and I, we are having is... That, that we grew in prayer when we started doing it. <laughs> when we started actually to listen to other people's prayers. When we started to get our hands dirty and uh, get there and pray. And uh, it, it's, it's an amazing um, practice. 
It's an amazing thing that Jesus actually did that all the time. Uh, if you go back to the uh, Gospel of Luke, you will see that uh, one of the most often things that Jesus would do was prayer. And uh, very often he would uh, withdraw to pray. Or he prayed for 40 days actually. Days and nights uh, uh, fasting uh, before he started his ministry. He, he prayed the whole night before he actually picked the 12 disciples. Prayer was so often recorded in the life of Jesus. It was an amazing practice. So I think if we want to uh, imitate our master, uh, Jesus Christ, I think we should get into prayer. <laughs> I think. And then um, the title of this message is Standing in the Gap. I don't know if you ever heard this expression. Actually, not long ago, I thought this expression was a, 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 a Christian cliche. You know, like, oh, this must be like something that those old ladies that pray, you know, they say, oh, I'm going to stand in the gap for you, young man. <laughs> and, and it was awesome. Like, I, I always love that expression, like nothing against it. But I didn't know that it was from the Bible. And, uh, <laughs> and I came across this, this um this principle actually in Ezekiel 22. There is an earthquake here. Okay, everybody go down the... the, the no. <laughs> it looks like, oh wow. It's not going to fall, right? It's going to be all right. <laughs> hold the... Hold the... Yeah, let's pray. <laughs> that's, that's good. You will listen to us. And this expression, uh, Ezekiel 22, uh, 22 verse 30 it appears there and it was not a man idea and this is this is very interesting because it was not some leader that said uh, you know what let's all stand in the gap and let's do this guys because you know the nation is doing really poorly and we we need to do this it was not that it was very interesting that it was God actually that said, I'm looking for somebody to stand in the gap, to build a wall and stand in the gap for this nation so I don't bring devastation to them. It's very interesting. But anyways, let's see the case here in uh, Ezekiel 22 and uh, verse 30, if you have your Bible and you want to follow, you can do that. If you want, you can look at the screen and we can read together. And it says like this on verse 30. It says, I, God, looked for someone among them, the Israelites, who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land, so I would not have to destroy it. But I found no one. So as you can see, uh, we are reading verse 30, and uh, 
There are 29 verses before that. <laughs> and that's the context of that uh, verse, which is going to give us an explanation why God is actually looking for somebody to build a wall and stand in the gap for that nation. And um, if we go a little further, we will see and, and, and study that chapter, we will see that in Ezekiel 22, there is a breach. A breach in the, in the nation of Israel. And a breach is a compromise. I, I, you know, when we use this expression, you know, a security breach. We have a security breach. And, uh, you know, there is a problem here, right? And um, it is a compromise that jeopardizes something else of value. And that's what was happening there. And if we look at this, this uh, breach, we will see that um, they were all uh, apocalyptic uh, uh, material. <laughs> you know, they were all things that God didn't, uh, was not okay with those things. God, God didn't like those things. God didn't want to uh, uh, live with those things. He wanted to correct those things and bring justice to them. But you know what? God was actually looking for somebody that was building a wall and standing in the gap so that he wouldn't have to bring condemnation to them. That he could exercise his mercy. And then we will see a little bit about the breach. You know, in verse 18, you will see that God was actually talking to them and, and saying, Hey, listen, uh, this nation was supposed to be the south of the earth. They were supposed to be standing out from all nations, among all the other nations. But it became irrelevant. It became flavorless. It became dull. No different from them. So he gives a picture of this, this metal fusion that he was going to melt them. Isn't that what you want? To look like the world? I'm going to do that to you with the fury of my fire wrath. And I, I'm going to melt you guys together with them. And he was promising there that he was going to scatter them throughout the nations. He was going to fulfill that promise in a bit. Maybe 500 years later. But he did it. Guys, this, this, was, this was not okay. This was not okay. They were supposed to be the south of the earth. Jesus afterwards, he says... That he says that uh, if the salt doesn't salt the food, then it's thrown on the ground, and then who will step on it? Everybody that passes by will step on it, and uh, it won't fulfill its relevance. The city, a breach was found in the city. Verse 3 it says, This is what the sovereign Lord says, you city. That brings on herself doom by shedding blood in her midst and defiles herself by making idols. 
That was murder, selfishness, legal consent for sin to happen on that land. That's, that's similar to some things that we do today. But on verse 25, it says that the princes were compromising as well. The governors were driven by their own personal gain and corruption. Manipulation was happening. They were oppressing the people. Sometimes we, we don't see the context. And, uh, and we see that, wow, God is being so harsh. Why, why is God not patient with these people? <laughs> That's why. 29 verses of compromise, one after another. The priests do violence to my law and profane my holy things. They do not distinguish between the holy and the common. Every, everything goes, guys. Oh, yeah. No, you know, you want to kill somebody? <laughs> Don't worry. You know, I'm going to tap on your back and allow you to do whatever is in your heart. And it was a people-pleasing message. Disgusting. And then you guys saw this a little bit already uh, as, as Andrew was sharing with me that you guys study about the Sabbath a little bit. And look what these priests, they would do. They would shut their eyes to the keeping of my Sabbaths so that I am profaned among them. And... They would say, and you guys understand this a little better now, uh, how important it was the relationship that they had with God. Not that much. The priests would say, ah, you know what? If you want to do the Sabbath, you do it. If you don't want, let it pass. You know, you don't have to keep it. You know, we don't, we don't need a relationship with our God. The officials, her officials within the city, her are like wolves. Imagine, tearing their prey. They shed blood and kill people to make unjust gain. Bribery, injustice, impunity. Come on. Do you relate with that? You know, with our society today, maybe, maybe our society is, is going with the same path. The prophets, her prophets, whitewashed these deeds for them by false visions and lying divinations. They, they would say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. When the Lord has not spoken about anything. And they would, uh, they would do a, a spiritual consent, a false prophecy, just to, to make their point across. Horrible, shameful things were happening. Manipulation. And then the final one was the people. The people got wicked. It wasn't a, 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 the result is that it became a wicked generation. Again, I can't help but, uh, but, but bring it to our days. <laughs> you know, 
where we think that it, ah, it's okay, the government wants to allow people to do this or that. Ah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. As long as we hold the fort here, you know, individually. Wow, but we saw that there is a ripple effect. There is a domino effect there that, that actually brings a whole generation down. If we don't care about those things, something will happen to this generation. And we, we can see it is already happening. Don't want to get political here, but I, man, it's, it's, uh, it's something else. The times that we are living on, it's, it's something else. So what to do? I want to suggest that we would stand in the gap for this generation. I want to suggest that God is looking for somebody that will build up a wall and, and they will pray. They will stand in the gap for this generation, for this country, for this region, for the churches in this place. So let's try to understand what is it that God was looking. And I want to bring this to corporate prayer. So put a pin. Our objective is to talk about corporate prayer. And how can this help us to actually stand in the gap? But let's understand before we do that. Let's understand what is to build up a wall, weird, weird expression, right? But it was God, so it's probably right. And uh, and it stand in the gap again. It was it was God, probably right. And and we see this principle of of building up a wall is to stand right before God. It is to submit to God. It is to live a life worthy of His calling. To submit to God means to follow His steps, to follow His ways. His precepts have to be in our hearts and in our actions. In James 4 verse 7, it says... Submit yourselves to God. So you submit yourself to God. You walk on His ways. Then you resist the devil. And he will flee from you. But don't you dare. Don't you dare. Not to submit to God. And then resist the devil. It's going to be ugly. I'm telling you. But the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. That's what it's in James 5. Just, just uh, flip the page there and you will see. James 5, 16, it says that your prayer, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now, only a righteous person can pray. And I'm telling you, this is it. If you're not holy, if you're not 
righteous, full of righteousness, you cannot pray. It's not going to work. You're, you're, you're in trouble, actually, if you start praying. And uh, this, is, this is not going to happen. This is not going to be effective. It's not going to be powerful. But wait a second. Is there anybody perfect here in this room? Oh, sorry. Oh, Mike. Yes, Mike. <laughs> Andrew was pointing. Yeah, Mike. Mike is. <laughs> no, no. I'm sorry, Mike. You're not perfect, man. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no. There's none that is perfect. We all fall short. In, in Romans 3, uh, Paul says that we all fall short. We, we all fall, shor fall short of the glory of God. We all need His forgiveness. We all need His forgiveness. So who can stand in the gap? Who can build this wall? And I want to suggest that you can. If you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior... In 1 Corinthians, Paul says, verse, uh, uh, chapter 6, verse 11. Paul says, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. You know, I know, I know, we... we we stumble, we stumble, we, uh, we, we fall, you know, we, sometimes we commit sin, you know, and, uh, but we go back on, by the grace of God, we stand, and uh, He makes us righteous before the Father. In, in Ephesians 1, if you go through it quickly, you will see that there is no merit in our righteousness. It's all through the blood that la is lavished on us. And through the blood of Jesus Christ, you are made blameless and spotless before the Father. We can go in the throne, uh, 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 before the throne of God with confidence. That he will look at us, see that blood over our, our, our heads. And we will be able to, with confidence, plea our case. And stand in the gap for whoever we need to stand. But let's see what is to stand in a gap. I have seven more minutes. I'm going to do it. It's going to be okay. Stand in a gap. And I believe it's prayer. It is prayer. The power of prayer, says E.M. Bounds, uh, a, a, a disciple of, uh, of Tozer. He, he says, the power of, of the church truly to bless rest is in intercession. Intercessory prayer. This is an amazing gift for those around us. Asking and receiving heavenly gifts to carry to men. Wow. What a great, great 
quote from this guy who all he could do is write about prayer. And Ian Bounds, he, he wrote so much about prayer. And um, somebody tried to, to compile every, uh, every study that he did on, on a book. And it was so interesting. All the meditations about prayer, I really strongly recommend. If you want to know a little bit more about prayer and grow in your prayer life, Read this guy. This guy is an amazing writer, was an amazing writer. He's not a, a among us anymore. And uh, really got a lot of good insights about it. Is it falling? No, there we go. Prayer makes a difference. So we saw that uh, with Ezekiel, you know, imagine Ezekiel. Ezekiel writing it, right? And God is dictating to him and he is writing that. Ezekiel, tell the people like this. Um, I'm looking for somebody among you guys, right? And Ezekiel is there. Uh, that, that will be me. <laughs> yes, Lord. Yeah. And I'm looking for somebody that is going to build this wall. And, uh, and, 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 and stand in the gap for this nation. Ezekiel, yes. Okay, you can call me now. Yes. And I found no one. Ezekiel, man, what about me? Ezekiel mentions Daniel three times in his book. And it's, he, he was a young man when Daniel was already a big deal in Babylon. Daniel was, you remember the story of Daniel? And Daniel was already second in command in the, in the whole kingdom. It was amazing. He was, he was thriving. He was a celebrity, a Jewish celebrity to all the Jewish people. And um, so, so Ezekiel knew about Daniel. Knew that Daniel was a man of prayer. Imagine. And God says, there was nobody. There. I could find nobody. Whoa, whoa. What about Daniel? What about Ezekiel? What about, what about a lot of people there, man, that, that still love the Lord? Come on. It's impossible that you couldn't find anybody. But you know what? God was pointing to Jesus. God was pointing to Jesus. And God was pointing to the redemptive acts that he did on that cross. And he made it possible for us to, with confidence, build that wall. And with confidence, come before the throne of God and say, Father, we need your help. Beautiful songs today. And uh, remember what was sung? We need you. Just like back then, we need you today. We need you now, Father, that you will be a father for us. You know, prayer will make a difference because today we have the blood of Jesus over our heads. And through his merit, your prayers are going to be heard. Uh, Luke 18, and I have only three more minutes. 
Luke 18, verse 7 to 8, Jesus is talking about the persistent widow there. And, and, and Jesus is saying, you know, you, you have to be persistent in your prayers. And he comes to this conclusion. Will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones? Who cry out to him day and night? And he responds. Will he not, not respond? He makes another question. Uh, he asks another question. Will he keep putting them off? And then he responds. I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. Jesus is promising us that he will answer our Father in heaven. That is almighty. That created the universe. He will come for an answer of your prayers. That's beautiful. In Revelation 5.8. And I'm almost concluding. He says. It is, it is a, a, a John was, was taken to heaven. And he is writing down the picture that he is seeing. And he says, and when he had taken it, the scrolls, uh, he is about to open the seals of judgment. The four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls. Full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. Your prayers, when you stand in the gap for a community, for your family, for the schools in our city, for what is happening in our government, your prayers are found there. Staying on those harps, harps and bowls. There, before the throne of God, God will answer them all. Even though sometimes it looks like your prayers are not being heard, they are. They have been heard. They are there before the throne of God and they will be answered. Right after that, right after that in chapter 6, Jesus opens all the seals. And justice comes to the earth. Our prayers will move the heart of God. Our prayers will make a difference. Okay, well we were supposed to talk about collect collective prayer. And you know, to pray for everything that we know that is wrong. And we know that we fell short. That we know that needs prayer. It is a tough job to carry it by yourself. And collective prayer is an amazing tool to help us to stand in the gap. You know, it takes a village. It takes a village to pray. John Christom, 
He was one of the fathers of the church. And he says, what we can, he knew, he, he knew about prayer, the, the effectiveness of prayer, that he, the, the wall was built, that now he could stand up in the gap. But he knew that it was not, a, not an easy task. And he said, what we cannot obtain by solitary prayer, we may be, we may by social prayer. Because where our individual strength fails, I would put there uh, where our, our individual knowledge fails. Their union and concord are effectual. That is an amazing statement. You know, guys, I need you to pray with us. I need you to pray with me. Because your prayers matter. Where my strength fails, you will pick up the baton. You know, we pray here at Southside, you know, every Wednesday from 7 to 8. And it's never enough time, eh? It's never enough time. We always want to go further. But we are we're very um, religious in that sense. We, we, you know, it's eight o'clock, we stop. And, you know, if you want to hang out, that's fine. But, uh, but, but we want to do one hour of prayer and cover all those things. We prayed for so many things. And it's been a year now, a year and a little bit. Every week we come together to pray and there are like 12, 12 or 15 of us and, and boy, it is rich. It is rich. If I, every time I come and I say, wow, okay, I, I, I know how to pray for wisdom. Okay, I, I know how to do this. And I read a text and I start praying and when my friends, my brothers and sisters they start to pray my mind is blown away with uh, with the richness that that we find in all those prayers and i say oh, yes i never thought of that facet of this subject i never thought of this i want to jump in that conversation that that andrew is having with the father I, I do. I want to pray just like uh, uh, Jorge prayed. I just want to pray like Matt prayed now. And, oh, this is awesome. I never thought of... And we started to complement the conversation that we had with the Father. And it starts to make sense. There is this cam camaraderie. I, I forgot how to say companionship. Yes, companionship. And uh, this fellowship of the burning hearts that starts to emerge. Unity, compassion, solidarity. Come on. Everything starts to make sense. And uh, yes, yes. He, he's praying for this. And I, my heart is burning for those things too. You know, the disciples on the, 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 the way for Emaus, Emaus, how do you say Emaus? Emaus, yeah, nothing to do with Emaus. 
In Portuguese, we say Emaús, but Emaús is so much better. But anyways, we, it's amazing how they were walking with Jesus and, and talking to him. And, you know, on the last bit, Jesus disappears before their eyes. How crazy is that? But uh, Jesus disappears and, and they say this. They say, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us? And that's how we feel when we pray together. Our, our hearts start burning. And, and, and this fellowship of the burning heart starts to happen. To pray collectively is so much easier not saying that you shouldn't pray individually. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. You should. But it is an amazing experience to pray collectively. And there are some, uh, some tools to give it more sustainability. And uh, to be more sustainable, we come together in a, in a regular basis. And we do this very often. And it's amazing. The results of it are amazing. Collective prayer is a tool that helps us to pray. You know, and then I want to invite you to do this. I want to invite you to actually step up and organize prayers within your neighborhood. Maybe you know two or three people you know, that, that, that are in your college uh, or in your university. Maybe you know, uh, you have a, a Bible, Bible project or Bible study in your neighborhood. Pray together. Pray together. But how do you organize collective prayer? Well, you pray scriptures. When you pray scriptures, when you talk to God... Uh, it takes God to, for you to talk to him. He gives you language through scriptures. Mike Bickle, he, this is, this is a, an amazing fellow from Kansas City uh, in the U.S. And he organized 24-7 prayer now for 23 years. Can you believe that? I don't know if you understand what I said, but it was 24-7, even at 2 o'clock in the morning, there are people there worshiping and praying. And uh, it has been going on without stopping for 23 years. Can you believe that? Boy, talk about somebody that is standing up on the in the gap. And pray with worship. I love what you said, uh, uh, Mike, because uh, this was a saying of uh, Augustine, St. Augustine. Uh, actually, people actually say that he was the one that said that, but it's unsure or uncertain if he was the one that created that statement. But he who sings prays twice. And that is so true, what Mike was saying here. You know, when we sing, we are praying. And I believe that too. 
It is a format of prayer that is so entertaining, actually, and unifies us. Imagine, we all sing together the same prayer. It is beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So on Friday nights, we try to do that twice a month. We try to do that in the house of prayer, where you pray and we sing your prayers. So you pray something and, and we will try to come up with a song out of your prayer that you took from the Bible. It is an amazing time. It is so consistent, entertaining, engaging. It's, it's fun. It's not boring, guys. I'm telling you. We are super excited about... Oh, I didn't press the button there. And finally, God's mercy will be upon us because you are praying. I can't do this alone. Andrew wouldn't would never be able to do this alone. Luis can't do this alone. We need your help. We need your help because God is looking for somebody to build a wall and stand in the gap so that he doesn't have to bring desolation for this land. Boy, Canada needs your prayers. You know, when God intends great mercy for his peoples, the first thing he does is to set them a prey. Matthew Henry was, was lived in the uh, 1600s and he wrote uh, probably the most famous commentary from the whole Bible ever written. And it is... It is amazing that uh, he read the Bible a few times, the whole thing, guys. And one of his conclusions was that uh, God' mercy will start with your prayers. Standing in the gap is not a Christian cliche. It is a biblical foundation for intercessory prayer. And we need you. I, we can't do this alone. Collective prayer is a sustainable way for us to intercede for this land, for your, your church, for the churches in, in Milton, the churches in our area. We need your prayer. Let's pray. Wow, 42 minutes. Sorry, guys. I passed. There's so much to say. Father, we want to stand in the gap for this city. As Christ made us righteous. As Christ made us righteous. We want to, with confidence, come before your throne and say, do do it again. Open the seas before, before our people. Make the way. Make rain, manna from heaven again. Answer our prayers, Father. 
Align our hearts to your will. Direct us. Bring us peace. Pour out your spirit on us, Father. We cry out for this land. We stand up in the gap. We stand in the gap. Holding our grounds. May your kingdom come, Father. May your will be done here in Milton as it is in heaven. We need you. Bring us to the place of prayer so your mercies will be released upon our people. Father, from sea to sea, we want to see you having the domain of Canada again. Father, correct our laws. Collect our government. Father, correct our government, Father. Put people that are God-fearing men in charge and in the leadership of our governments, Father. We pray for our leaders. We pray for our officials. Father, let them be with integrity all the way through, Father. We pray for our churches. We stand in the gap for our churches, Father. We pray that you will fill us with wisdom and knowledge, with understanding and revelation, that we may see Christ correctly. Father, we need you more than ever. Father, we don't know what to do without you. Come and rescue us. We pray that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, guys. God bless you.